Welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew Farhat. I am the lead pastor of St. John's Church and School in Denver, Colorado, right across the street from Wash Park. And in this podcast, what we do is we consider what it looks like to follow Jesus. We consider what it looks like uh, to be committed to a Christ-centered worldview and operate with that as our lifestyle. This podcast is for you if you are seeking what that might look like or if you have already committed your life to Jesus Christ. Hello, welcome to the Transform Podcast. I'm Andrew Farhat. I'm here with my bride, Daisy. Hello. just want to wave to those of you who are watching uh, online, and then uh, we're grateful uh, to be able to have uh, a, another good question uh, for today. And today's question is hearing and doing the word. Why is it so hard? And I think we've all heard those scripture passages from Jesus and James when he's when they're talking about doing the word. And James is like, if you um, look into the mirror and you f- and you forget what you look like, that's the kind of person that hears the word and doesn't do it. And so you're like, dang, do I look in the mirror and not know what I look like? And it's like this convicting passage. And of course, James is Jesus' brother and his whole letter is very convicting. Um, and then Jesus says these words. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So I guess, Daisy, like my, my initial thought when I read this is actually a little bit more comforting than the initial question that we kind of pose in somewhat negative terms. But I feel like Jesus is giving us a holistic view of life. He's saying, if you hear and do the word, you're going to have a solid foundation in your life. So in other words, is the overarching trajectory of your life one that is grounded in the word of God or not. You know what I'm saying? So I think we can read this and then we're like, oh man, I suck. I'm not doing enough. I'm not righteous. I'm a sinner. I'm a poor, miserable sinner. Have you heard that phrase before? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I think we could go down that road, but I want to just take this scripture passage. It's from Luke chapter six, verses 46 to 49. For those of you who are tuning in online, um, but I see it as comforting. In other words, if you go in this outlook, this direction, God's got you. What are your thoughts, Daisy? Yeah, I like, I like that because I think um, as Christians, we can start getting kind of nitpicky about every area of my life. Like, am I doing okay in this area? Am I doing okay in this area? And then you can start spiraling into negativity and um, just looking at yourself as this just terrible person. But, you know, I think... Like you're saying, the scripture passage, like if we're reading the Bible and we are seeking to understand and agree with what it's saying and taking that, um, the word of God into our lives and not fighting against it, like that's going to transform the way that we think about life. It's going to transform the way that we live our lives into a holistically grounded um, life upon the word of God. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, one thing I would say too, Daisy, when I hear you talk, uh, you remind me of a conversation I was having after church on Sunday with a couple of women after a church service. Um, and we were talking about the distinction between sinning out of weakness versus uh, persistently sinning unabashedly without care for what you're doing. And I think that distinction kind of clicked because there is a difference, right? We've, we've witnessed the difference like in our lives of faith and of observation of others that are trying the Jesus thing out. And um, I think that there's a difference between, hey, uh, you know, like we're, we're all sinners, so we're going to have moments of weakness. Um, another thing I would say too, Daisy, is this. Do we do this so that we earn God's blessing and favor? Or are we to see this in light of the gospel? What would you say? Well, based on what I was previously saying about taking the word in and agreeing with it, like that is naturally going to transform our minds and the way that we live. And so um, I think if we start saying like, there's all these ways that I need to obey and we start trying to measure ourselves. Um, we can despair over that and it can just lead to not caring or it can lead to just thinking like this is, this is impossible. But um, if our, our lives are transformed by God's word, like it's going to be a natural way that we live. It's going to come mm -hmm. more naturally. It's going to just be kind of our, our default, our go-to mode as we agree with scripture and we just immerse ourselves in that world. Hmm. I love what you say there. And I think that's important. The gospel is good news. It's not due, but it's done. Mm. It is finished. Yeah. And the gift of the Holy spirit is a gift, right? So you're talking about transformation and that comes by the power of the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. So the, so the spirit starts to supernaturally, lead you. And then all of a sudden you're starting to want to do these things. You're starting to care about these things. The sermon doesn't like feel like you're um, eating broccoli for 30 minutes. It starts to like, it starts to be the word of God that's giving you life. The scriptures start to be interesting to you. Um, and then of course it's going to change the way you live because the spirit is in you and he's giving you an appetite for you. He's giving you transformation, not just information, you know? So I think what you're describing is the gospel. And I wish I knew this growing up mm -hmm. yeah, because I grew up um, in a very, uh, I think, works tradition centered environment. And I think that uh, I thought if I said my prayers and I went to mass uh, that I was, you know, doing enough and I was spiritual or religious or whatever, but, um, and then whenever I was encountered by scripture and commandments and obedience, like today we're talking about obedience, it, it was always kind of like, uh, meh, you know, it was always kind of a negative, mm -hmm. but after my conversion in college and returning to my baptism, which I, I was baptized as a baby, um, returning to those promises and repentance, man, it was like, 
I was so misguided. This life is way better than the life I was living before. God has something better for me. The obedience that he wants for me is a blessing. It's for my good. It's for my flourishing. He's not trying to just like take away fun things from you. I think that's what you think when you're growing up, that God just wants to take away fun things from you. I don't see it that way anymore. I think he wants you to actually um, have a larger view of fun, a bigger view of joy, a bigger view of enjoying the beauty of his, of his creation and uh, all of the great things he gives to us. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I was raised in a more evangelical background than you were that, um, you know, would on the outside say that it was really grace-based, but I think what we tend to do for children in the church is we take so much of the Bible and we make it into morality stories, and especially as young children. So every story has a moral that you should learn how to you know, obey or understand what the moral of that story was. And then as children become teenagers, we start really focusing in the church you know, through like camps and special speakers and youth groups often on like what you shouldn't do as a teenager because, you know, everything becomes this big temptation at that age, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, the whole thing, like, hey, how can you, how can you live a holy life? And so like, I came out of that atmosphere really doubting that I was going to be saved because I just couldn't measure up to all these ways that I was supposed to be living. And I was fearful of my salvation. I just didn't have that assurance. But I think, you know, from what you're saying now and the transformation in my life in my 20s, it's all about that Jesus did this for me. I'm not having to save myself. And once I really grasped that, understood that, it really just it changed my life. Like I don't have this overwhelming fear of my salvation for my salvation anymore. Like I just have a trust that knowing that Jesus took care of that, I trust in him. I'm, you know, living for him as much as I can, but I'm just trusting in what he's done for me. And it's just really given me a peace that I never had before. Sounds like you became Lutheran. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Grace-centered, gospel-centered living. It gives you such a great freedom in your life. You feel free and you feel joy when you live out of your identity in Christ. You know that I'm going to obey not to be accepted. I've already been accepted. Mm -hmm. Therefore, now I'm free to obey. Mm -hmm. That's a big difference. Uh, J.D. Greer wrote a book called Gospel, Recovering, uh, I'm I'm going off the top of my head. I think it's Recovering the Power that Made Christianity Revolutionary. And his story is very similar to yours. It sounds like you and him have very much uh, similar upbringings where he thought he was obeying because he wanted to get out of hell. (laughs) Right, (laughs) but the gospel transformed his understanding um, and he has what is what's called his gospel prayer and I actually prayed this prayer for several years and it it goes something like this Um, there's nothing that you could do that will make you love me more and there's nothing that I have done that will make you love me less and he prays that over himself and he invites us to pray that over ourselves. And I think that, I think that is what transformed my life. Um, and so I appreciate you sharing that. Um, 
And so um, this is a this is a big thing to understand as followers of Christ, because then now all of a sudden we have a desire to obey. Mm -hmm. We have a we have a desire to obey. It's naturally within us to obey. It's not so much this forced thing, and it's not out of fear of punishment, which is slavery, but it's because we're children of God. So I think that passage in Romans and Galatians is very, uh, very much fitting to this topic. Romans 8, I believe it's verses 14 through 17. Galatians 4, I believe it is, um, where it says that we have been saved by the gospel and we're children of God, so we don't have to go back to slavery. Okay, slavery is fear, but rather it says that the gospel has saved us, and now we cry out, Abba, Father. So we love our Father, and our Father loves us, and He wants good for us. And, you know, we're happier people. <laughs> All right, and so um, what do you think are some obstacles, Daisy, to hearing and doing the Word? Like, um, like, uh, yeah, what are, what are some obstacles that you see? And, uh, you know, we have a list in front of us here, but you don't have to share like the whole list, but like what, what's on your heart when it comes to that? Yeah. Um, I think like some of the things we talked about, you know, a few minutes ago before the podcast are things that maybe might not come to your mind right away when you hear that, because you, you hear like obstacles and, you know, part of it is just like, maybe you don't want to, like you hear a commandment. You're like, well, I don't really want to follow that. For me, I think it's, it's an apathy that can start to happen due to just being a tired person. We have a lot of children and a lot of activities and between us, a lot of jobs paid and unpaid. And it starts taking a toll after a while. You just get tired, and I find myself maybe not caring as much as I once did, like in my 20s when I was, um, you know, kind of in that on-fire stage and um, single, didn't have kids yet, kind of the world was all before me. Now I'm in my 40s. I have a young child as long as well as teenagers and um, I can start just going through the motions of living my life and um, getting through the day and just kind of not training my mind in the importance of you know what the best things that God has for me I just kind of get in the habit of just you know getting through every day yeah so that can happen Right. You just start to go through the motions. The Christian life starts to feel unattainable. Right. And I think for uh, other people, it can be a poor understanding of repentance too, where you think that I'm a poor, miserable sinner. So my repentance ends there. It doesn't start there. You know, so it ends with contrition. It doesn't start with contrition. Um, think that's another thing that can happen. You just start to feel like, ah, eh, you know, I know I'm a sinner. Okay. We're all sinners. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess what I would say to encourage you and to encourage our hearers is you're still a daughter of God and you're still more obedient than you know. Hmm. And yeah, like, 
we're not, you know, like maybe we hear too much about Christian superstars, <laughs> you know, and we, yeah. we compare ourselves and, you know, like, and probably the superstars we look up to don't share everything mm-hmm. either. True. Don't you think? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but what, what I would say is you're saved by the grace of God and you're more obedient than you know. And I want to share that with our hearers today. If you're a Christian, you're saved by the grace of God and you're probably more obedient than you know. Um, and this is, a, again, remember Jesus, is it's an overarching trajectory for your life. Mm-hmm. So you're blessing your husband. You're blessing your children. Um, you're like you're driving your daughter to volleyball. That doesn't seem very spiritual, does it? No. <laughs> See, that's the thing is this is why Luther's doctrine of vocation is so important. Mm-hmm. He, he says that there is a holiness to that. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. I think we've all been impacted by uh, ascetism, uh, monk, monastic thinking. I think we've all been impacted by maybe the medieval period of our church where there was two classes of people in the, in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and in Scripture, there are shepherd. There, there are shepherds and there are sheep. That's true. There is a distinction there. However, it's not meant, it never was meant or intended, those passages are never meant or intended to cause the sheep to think that the, that the shepherds are more spiritual or better. Never. That, that language is never used. So there is a holiness to driving your children to basketball practice or volleyball practice, or whatever. And I want to redeem that today. Thank you. (laughs) So I hope that that encourages people that are listening. And those are some obstacles that I think we put in front of ourselves when it comes to hearing and doing. But I think that, um, again, this is big picture obedience. And do you remember the book, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, Daisy? (laughs) Vaguely. I mean, I read it, let's see. 18 years ago? Does that sound right? That sounds 19? about right. Um, I'm going to just Google really quick. How many copies did Purpose Driven Life sell? Here, let's see. Let's see what Google says. It sold more than 50 million copies. Can wow. you imagine writing a book and then that many people read it? That'd be amazing. Yeah, you should <laughs> I do should it. write a book. <laughs> you should. I want to hear what I you have it. to say. <laughs> I, I think that... Uh, you have a lot of wisdom to share, Daisy. And what he shared in that book is there are five purposes. If you want to summarize the New Testament to your life, and he says there are worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, mission. We're talking big picture here. Mm-hmm. We we like are so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Like we wanna every we wanna be like perfect in the morning, mm-hmm. perfect at our job, perfect at dinner perfect at driving our kids to practice we want to be missional when we're around people we want to practice hospitality and we make sure that we do all the advent resources for our children so that they don't miss out on that <laughs> we want to make sure they have the best advent right. we want to make sure we go to advent by candlelight and we're bringing our daughters or our friends and we're you know doing what we should do um yeah, we have a lot of things we want to be really good at. Oh, yeah. And by the way, you should care for the poor during Advent, too. So put that on your list. Mm-hmm. Um, we can 
just really have a great weight when it comes to the Christian life. But I loved how in the book, he just says, worship, that is a lifestyle of worshiping Jesus like he's first. And then, of course, you make Sundays a priority of worshiping the Lord as a, as a family or as an, an individual. A second is fellowship. Like, I think when you get saved, do you have like a desire to start spending time with other believers? Like, I think that yeah. that is natural. You start to say, I'm, I'm a part of this family. Jesus has adopted me in. I want to know who my brothers and sisters are. I want to rub off on them. I want them to rub off on me. Man, I need them in my life. I need their encouragement and prayers and support and common mission. Yeah, I mean, when we got to go back to church after the COVID lockdown, I mean, I still can't get over how amazing it felt to be back in worship and just to see everyone and have that relationship with them. Like, I'll just never my whole life forget that first Sunday back and how just beautiful that was. I think it was it was good for the church to get our rear ends kicked a little bit mm -hmm. and to say, what would it be like not to have this in your life? What, how would you feel if you lived in China or another foreign country where the persecuted church is not allowed to meet in a building? Okay, you got to see it, what it was like. And see, so hopefully COVID made us stronger, but it didn't make us weaker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that it made some Christians weaker. Oh, yeah, I'll just never, you know, be around other believers or I'll just disconnect or I won't find any local church. And if you transferred to another church, that's okay. But find one. Mm -hmm. find, a, find a body of believers. That's God's intent for you. Uh, online stuff is supposed to be a supplement. It's not supposed to be the main course, mm -hmm. right? Discipleship. What would, what would you say discipleship is, Daisy? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different avenues for discipleship. Um, reading your Bible on your own. Yeah, so that you take it in. You to understand the Word of God better. Um, getting into a life group where you're talking about the Word of God or Amen. or whatever your church calls it, community group, home group. Small just, group. Yeah, meeting with people to talk about the Word. Cell group. Cell group. <laughs> um, listening on Sunday to the sermon is discipling you, helping you to understand, listening to other content throughout the week or reading other Christian content. Like this amazing podcast. Like this amazing podcast. <laughs> and there's so many sermons and just different, you know, resources online. There's just so much out there that you can take advantage of. Right. So there you go. So you're your, your, the trajectory of your life is to hear and do, right? So again, God's not grading, right? You're already, Jesus already gave you an A and it's his A, right? Mm -hmm. So it's beautiful, but discipleship is beautiful. Okay, so ministry. Ministry is using the gifts God's given to you on the team. Yeah. In basketball, there's a point guard, shooting guard, center, small forward, power forward, and a center. Okay. Oh, I never knew that. <laughs> what if you try to play with just guards? Be all short dudes. Mm -hmm. the, the tallest guard is in the NBA is typically more like 6'6". Six, six. They're usually not taller than that. Sometimes they are. But you need that big dude in the middle to get the rebounds, to 
you know, box out to post up and shoot those shots for you. Um, the whole team is needed. So we use our gifts to serve the Lord and to build up the body of Christ, man. And we're not, a, we're not going to be as strong of a team without everybody pulling in the same direction. Okay, last thing, mission. How do you live a missional life? Um, yeah, I mean, that's also dependent on everyone's gifts and their situation and where the Lord's placed them. Um, something that we do as a family is we try to, on a regular basis, have people over to our house for dinner. Um, it's either people we're trying to form relationships with in our church um, people from our children's school that we feel like, you know, there maybe could be a connection or some sort of um, relationship that can happen here. Um, we've been talking about our neighbors across the street. You know, they had us over. We can have them over at some point soon. Um, there's, um, so that's one thing we do as a family. Um, there's other opportunities available to everyone. It's just a matter of being creative and also um, looking at what's out there. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's, you know, a lot of resources out there to help you to either um, serve other people. I mean, mission trips, those are starting to happen again. Our daughter's going on a mission trip in June that she's super excited about. Where's she going? Um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I know where she's going, but you can share. You do? Where's she going? Um, isn't she going to <laughs> the Dominican Republic? Yes, good job. I got it right. <laughs> she is. So she's going with a group from her school. Um, and she's super excited about that. And I think um, mission trips are a great opportunity just to open your eyes up to what you know other cultures are like, what other people are going through in the world, and just gives you a heart for supporting long-term missionaries. Right. So bringing it back home, I think sometimes we think of missions as adding things to our busy schedule, but rather I think Jesus wants us to see it as a part of our day-to-day lives and that we're always reaching out, that we're always loving people, that we always care about people. A lot of people open up their homes. I think missional living is you have a mindfulness to who you're seeking to connect with and to have a relationship with. And then like with Miriam, our daughter, that's an opportunity that came from her school. She attends Lutheran High School, you know, and so, you know, what opportunities are in your pathway at your church or, you know, through your local community that are there there in front of you? Mm-hmm. And so is God grading on how you do at hospitality? Is God grading you on how well you do at all of this stuff? No. Okay, so in other words, we're saved by grace through faith, and empower towards a life of obedience. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening today, we want to encourage you that God loves you, that he has given his one and only son to die and rise for you, and he's gifted you with the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. If you're listening and you're wondering what it would look like to, put, to follow Jesus, this podcast, I hope, uh, gave a big picture to you But I want you to not think so much about um, what's in the house of Jesus, but to enter through the door. Jesus says, I am the door, and the person who comes through will be saved. And I will love him and be 
the good shepherd for him or her uh, in his or her life. Jesus is your good shepherd, and he cares for you. And I pray that if you haven't put your faith in him yet, that you would and accept him as your Lord and Savior. Um, if you've liked what you've heard today, I want to encourage you to subscribe, share it with somebody you feel that would be blessed by it. We're so grateful for your, you tuning in. If you have a question, go ahead and submit it to hello at sjdenver.org, and we'll see you next time. Take care.